Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Good afternoon or good evening and welcome to the Vanguard for Spike, the first Jewish MVP of the Muddied Waters, Cohen. I am Matt Wright and together we are traversing the muddied waters of freedom. Hey everybody, how are you doing? (laughs) What's going on? Nothing much. I'm just really excited. This is, we're, so guys, um, if I seem panicked um which you understand will. that which you uh, will feel panicked I, it's real panic yeah no i'm not acting this is legit panic um i uh am uh we're doing a lot of there's a lot of moving parts right now um we're going to be hosting the state of the union address in about an hour and uh that involves me doing a lot of stuff in the background it and does it, it hinges on things working and um and uh you know, a lesser a lesser podcaster would say, "Hey, you know what? I'm just going to talk about it." But not here. We are are greater than podcasters or greater podcasters, and so. Um, but yeah, I will uh, usually only my guests and or Matt experience my pre show panic, but you're going to experience my during the show panic um, for for everyone to enjoy. So, so uh, buckle up for that. First and foremost, let us thank Grassroots Kava House for the kava that I drank on this episode, as well as Kroger. I'm assuming as well as Kroger, Kroger, my, Kroger. Yeah, Kroger, Kroger, my delicious purified spring water or drinking water, drinking Bulavanaka. Ah, uh, so, uh, so yeah, so big, uh, big, big week. Big week here in uh, well, not really here. Uh, I was really worried because Big week elsewhere. Yeah, elsewhere. Uh, I was really worried because um, the temperatures like across half of America dropped to like sub freezing or sub zero or whatever, like stuff that we here in Florida can't understand. Um, it dropped so low, and I was like, man, this is all the news. Like, we're gonna talk about man, forty seven people died. And that's all the news for this week. And Juicy Smollett is probably lying. Um, like, I figured that was going to be the entire show. And then, well, thank God for Virginia. That, how cold it was. <laughs> yeah. And then thank God for Virginia. How cold. Thank God specifically for the governor and lieutenant governor of Virginia, um, Ralph Northam, and I don't know his first name, Fairfax. Fairfax. <laughs> Lieutenant Governor Fairfax. Mr. Lieutenant Governor Fairfax. Lieutenant Governor Fairfax. Uh, pretty, ser- pretty serendipitous that his name is Lieutenant Governor. Um, but yeah, so Ralph Northam, guys, if you haven't uh, 
if you haven't heard of this, uh, then <laughs> I'm not sure how. Um, but he, uh, a, a, <laughs> you haven't uh, have no power or access to other human beings. But he uh, got a bit of hot water, just a bit, uh, to just a little bit. He got caught. So Ju- but, his name so is Justin. Caught, so, his name is Justin, by the way. Justin Fairfax. Ralph's name is Justin. No, Fairfax. He is Justin. Did Fair- I just make up Ralph? No. Like there is no Ralph. No, it's Justin Fairfax. Oh, 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 oh! The, the lieutenant governor's Justin. Which is really okay. So I grew up in Virginia, as some of our listeners slash viewers may know. Uh, so I grew up in, right. in in Virginia. I grew up in Northern Virginia, and I grew up just outside of Fairfax. Ah, okay. And you say Justin Fairfax, and it's like, I think, the the only place that I could buy alcohol underage was Justin Fairfax. There was a person named Justin Fairfax, or that was the name of the store? No, no, it's just, I could oh, only... just in... Yeah, ju- oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I see what you did there. Right, right. <laughs> I'm sorry I stepped all over your joke, by yeah, the way. Thank you. <laughs> But yeah, uh, so, so okay. Uh, who do I know? Who broke it first? I know. Uh, was that what the question before I went on my little rant? About, yeah. Do you know? Um, I haven't followed that part of it. Do we know like who actually broke the story first? Yes. Um, the first people to break the story. I I really wish I had done uh, notes on today's show. Um, but. Uh, the first people to break the story was a right-wing leaning website, and it is the same people who broke the Fairfax story first. Um, but they, uh, and then one of the local papers in Virginia uh, picked it up. But I don't remember the name. Okay, of the so basically, so what happened, guys, is they they released, um, I guess, a picture of uh, Governor Northam's. Is it med school? Yeah, it's his yearbook? Uh, VMI med school yearbook. Yeah, yeah, his med school yearbook, and it turns out in in the because fo- it's like a collage of different photos, and one of them is, and we're not sure which one is him, and he's now claiming originally he admitted that one of them was him, then it turned into no, they definitely are not me. Uh, but there is a photo, black and white photo, of someone in blackface dressed up in like the stereotypical blackface slave outfit with the straw hat and the, and the, the uh, plaid pants and the whole thing. And then someone else who's dressed as a Klansman um, and, uh, and they're together hanging out, I guess for a party or something. And, um, and then it turned, and also his nickname is, is Coon Man. Coon Man. Coon Man. Coon Man uh, Northam. Yep. Yeah, That's the superhero that Virginia Neither needed or wanted, right? Um, uh, but but God, anyway. Um, and uh, that that many people uh, so, yeah, on the so, left fought for. Yeah, no, they fought really hard for for Coonman to be the the governor. The governor. Um, and so he, I guess, initially he says, "No, this wasn't." Or no, first he says, "Oh, this is terrible. I'm so sorry I did this." Um, you know, this was a, a you know whatever, however he worded it. Basically, I'm not resigning. I really feel bad that I did this and I'm going to use it to learn how to heal the state or whatever he said. Right. But basically I, but I'm not resigning, but I'm not doing anything. And then, yeah, I'm not going away. Um, and then it turned into actually, no, that's not me. And I think we need to find out who it was 
using facial recognition software on this incredibly grainy black and white photo of someone with black paint on their face. Shoe polish all over their face. Yeah, shoe polish on their face and someone else is wearing a hood. Right. Let's use some facial recognition to find out who that is. So... Okay, and uh, so I've got I've got I've got some theories before we get to the to to like the real meat on this. I think that initially when it broke, he had the oh crap, like he had that oh crap moment, and that's why he didn't want to say which one it was because they were actually probably doing some internal polling on which it would be worse. (laughs) Which would be worse for a Democratic governor to come out and say he was? Would it be worse for him to say he was in blackface, or would it be worse for him to say he was a member of the KKK, like dressed up, not 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 an actual member, but like dressed up as a member of the KKK? And right, right. And so they probably debated this for a little while, and that's why initially he said, "Yeah, I'm really sorry for appearing in this racially insensitive photo," and he didn't ever actually make a statement on which one of the two he was. And then no. during these meetings, somebody said, well, neither one of these guys, you could just deny it. And they were like, why didn't we think of that? <laughs> why did we not think why of did, that? Like, I was really, really hoping. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. Right. It wasn't me. It obviously couldn't it have been me. I wouldn't do something like that. And like, I was really looking forward to having a spirited debate today. <laughs> on which would be worse uh, for a Democratic candidate to be dressed up as a member from the KKK or be in blackface. And honestly, Man. I think, I think, for a Democratic candidate, I think it would be worse to be in blackface. Yeah, yeah, I... Yeah. I mean, we're talking a marginal difference. Very marginal, like, yes. Either one of the... This is a very we're, we're on the we're on the this is truly an academic exercise. Neither <laughs> one of these do, do you walk away where they're like, well, you know, it wasn't that bad. Um, yeah, I think blackface. Black, black, I think blackface. Blackface has got to be worse, right, for a Democratic candidate. Man, but then if you were in the Klan hood, I you know that's a I don't know. I, I mean, I don't I, know. I could see it going either way. I've I, I it whatever it is. It's on the margin. And he, yeah, I mean, it's, it is. But my argument is, like, you got Robert Byrd, who obviously he was a member uh, of right. both the Democratic Party and the Klan. And, uh, you know, just in case anybody didn't know that. Um, but he was, he, he, was a member, he was a member of both. Uh, so you got, like, Robert Byrd, and it's like, okay, well, we can forgive that. And it's like, eh, all right, Sure. But uh, I don't know if there's ever been some high-profile Democratic leader that has appeared anywhere in blackface. At least you can say it was for a costume party and it was the 80s, so things were a little bit different, so the Klan thing might not be as bad. I mean, it's awful, no matter what. Yeah, I mean, that's a... that's a. <laughs> Either way. Really... Either way. Like, those that's a really... I guess I could... I, can, I mean, I can really hear the argument for both. And now, meanwhile, I guess if you did blackface, you could be like, well, I was just uh, trying to be like my favorite actor, Wesley Snipes, or um, or I'm trying to think of actors in the '80s. Uh, black- Eddie Murphy I was just trying. Yeah, I was going to say black like actors in the in 1984. Eddie Murphy is like the only one I can think of off the top of my head. Eddie Murphy, I was I was going as to Eddie Murphy as Buckwheat and. And this is all just a big misunderstanding. 
clearly he then uh, spoke with someone who said, hey, moron, um, you, you say you didn't do this. And so he quickly pivoted like within 24 hours to saying, yeah, no, I didn't do that. That wasn't me. We're going to find them using the <laughs> facial, facial recognition, recognition software. software. Uh, and then, but, but then in an even possibly a larger self uh, goal, uh, he says, this is my well, favorite actually, part there was of this anything. One time. That, this is my favorite part of anything that has happened in history. I think of ever, ever. Um, this and then uh, the resurrection. Um, he says, uh, he says, I, this makes me remember a, a, a time that I'm not proud of where I did darken my face to pretend to be Michael Jackson. So here he has said, this isn't for, me for a dance contest for a dance contest. That's this wasn't, this wasn't me, but I did do this once. So what was the point of saying it wasn't you? But anyway, uh, uh, he says, yeah, I was Michael Jackson for a dance contest. And he mentions, I guess he, he was a good dancer and did the moonwalk. And so one of the, so during a press conference, uh, a reporter asks him, um, so can you still moonwalk now? And he, and he, yeah, he, go, go yeah, sorry. Like I, when I watched this, I was so giddy. It was like watching magic for the first time as a child. Um, <laughs> he looked around the podium and like where the reporters right. were standing as though I think I got enough room that I can show this. He's, so I guess people are, are denying. There are some people denying that he was going to do it, but he gave this look and he kind of sized up how much length he had. He was clearly, no one just looks at the floor and starts eyeing it up like that. Unless they're about to bust out some, some dope moves. Right. And then his wife said one of two things. She either said in appropriate circumstances or inappropriate circumstances. <laughs> I'm not sure which one she was going for saying we do. He, he can show you in appropriate circumstances. Or if she was just looking at him going, no, that's inappropriate at this. During, oh, yeah. oh, yeah, I, I, I would I would probably I would probably vote for the latter. I think she tried to squash that as quickly as she, she possibly she could. She definitely did. And it was, she's, and you could almost see it in his face where he's like, when he gave, he was like, Oh, my wife told me I can't, my wife told me I, I can't, can't do it. I can't you, I'm really, I people. totally can't. I want to see him do it. I down the road when things calm down I, after his reelection. Virginia I, has a. I want to watch him do. Virginia has a one-term limit for governor. I believe, oh, I believe. Okay. Well then. So I then, hope that on his going out party, since he's not resigning, um, <laughs> since he's not resigning, uh, I, I hope for his going away party when the Republicans will most certainly win that state, because <laughs> I can't imagine them losing after this. Um, I greater things have happened, but yes, I, I. I that that could definitely i i i think this helped i think this helped him for the next one i would right. love, but i would love to see him and do the moonwalk i, I bet he's him, good at it too i bet he i bet he knows how to actually moonwalk cuz he had the look of an excited, like, excited oh you want to see how, he's like, you, you want to see how fast yeah, i can, I can ride my bike yeah i'll do it yes yeah he was like it was like the first happy moment he had had in this <laughs> since this entire thing had unfolded he's like Oh, good! I get to moonwalk at the very least, and it looks like, yeah, I got the spade. And then his wife's like, "Inappropriate circumstance or whatever." Yeah, it's inappropriate circumstances or whatever. And he's like, 
inappropriate circumstances but he you no, know my wife to. my wife he, probably right. he wants to now he I wants bet, to now and I, I bet he went back and moonwalked <laughs> he's like the moment he got out of camera view he moonwalked all the way to his limo so then in the in the midst of that um oh and uh fotini henderson says uh know the cheers guy remember while he was dating Whoopi Goldberg, Ted Danson, which is true, did a, he did do that. That is true. He did that at the roast of uh, he did that at the roast of Whoopi Goldberg at the uh, Friars Club, and then I believe he did it on Leno or Letterman to show that it wasn't all that offensive. Um, but he, he did w- it twice. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I'm pretty certain he did. <laughs> and then, um, but he was not an elected official. <laughs> So there's there's a lot of different key differences here, but (laughs) also supposedly, if I recall, that was Whoopi's idea. I I remember the lampoon stump. Yeah, I remember uh, if I remember correctly, and it's been many many a year since that happened, and I was very young during that. We were children, children, we're tiny children, very small. Um, But I remember uh, Whoopi thought that it would be a uh, funny. a funny bit that did not play well at all. And Ted had to take the brunt of it. And curiously, his wife, he's the one that did it. His, like he was caught cheating on his wife of Mary Steve, Steenburgen, 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 something Mary. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was caught cheating on Mary with Whoopi when this whole thing went with down, uh, when this whole thing went down and she stayed with him. So cheers to Mary for standing next to her man and, times of trouble at a time when no one would have blamed you for not <laughs> right for not sticking around for the for the rest of that um but meanwhile he recovered his career and he went on to do uh dr becker 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 dr becker and i think he was still doing cheers at the time clearly that was not the age of social justice on social media um because he would be um his career would be over completely over yeah there's no i mean even back then it, it created some you oh know, yeah there whatever, was some havoc but, for him back then yeah so yeah so he uh so then the <laughs> lieutenant governor says old justin fairfax uh, uh justin fairfax so was this like he was he was giving a speech and he recalled a time when a woman wanted to have sex with him, and then she came out and said, "No, this was assault or something." Okay, it was no, a, it was so, sexual assault. So uh, somebody on Twitter, and I actually saw this tweet. Somebody on Twitter, okay, said, "I don't. I'm not going to release her name because I don't remember it, but um, not for you know journalistic integrity. Uh, but it's only because I don't remember it. But she tweeted out that um, imagine being at the 2004 Democratic convention." And being sexually assaulted by somebody. Imagine taking years to try to get over this event and to forget it. And then imagine waking up one day and seeing that by some amazing long shot, the person that has sexually assaulted you is about to get a very large promotion. So people started assuming that this was about Justin Fairfax. And... Uh, the same website, I really wish I had done better notes for today, but I figured we'd just wing it. Um, the, uh, the same, as we are wont to do. Yeah, as we are wont to do. Um, so the same website that, uh, that, long, that uh, first put out the uh, picture of uh, Governor Northam in either a KKK uniform or a blackface uh, 
released this and suddenly people started picking it up. And then it turned mm. out that two years ago, this story was actually brought to the Washington Post. And the Washington oh. Post turned it down. And when asked why they initially turned it down, is they said that the story did not have enough credibility to be, to be, viable, to be a viable story. The Washington Post, who first released the Kavanaugh stuff. Which had the same amount of, of, ver- of, of evidence yeah. and verification. Yeah, It's yeah. like both of them are accusations. I'm not going to say Justin did it because there is... We have no idea. Because we, we have, have no, no idea. idea. Yeah. But the way that people are looking at this, both on the right and the left is completely different than how they did in, what was it, August? Yeah, yeah, August, September. Yeah, I mean, it's a total switch around, or October, October whenever it October, was. Yeah. It, yeah, well, September, October. But it's a total switch around, and it's all based on partisanship. Like, okay, well, it's our team, so he couldn't have done it. I mean, it's like uh, watching like how people that, uh, you know, when the Michael Vick thing happened, or when Ray Rice... Uh, flat blasted, blasted his wife in the face and knocked her out in the in the um, in the uh, elevator, or when Ben Roethlisberger, Roethlisberger, uh, if I said his name, Roethlisberger, Ben uh, uh, was accused of raping someone. It's like if you support them, their team, that team or that player, you're like, no, 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 he couldn't have done that. And it's like the same thing with Paul. But if it's like someone on the opposite team or someone you hate, it's like how everyone responded to the Tom Brady deflating football stuff you either thought he did it or you thought he did and it had little to do with the evidence and everything to do with like what team you liked so right. kind of the same thing here but so it's very possible that the entire executive branch of the uh, of of the commonwealth of virginia uh is uh a combination of um a uh uh, uh technically only closet one, racist and a closet rapist i was gonna say only one letter in between them yeah, racist and racist, racist so they and rapist. Kept it, they kept it efficient, so that's good for them. Right. I mean, I mean, that's so, going to be just painful on the people writing about it because those are so close. It's tough, right? Like, yeah, you, you, don't you don't want to get those you, mixed up. Right. It doesn't help your your SEO either. Right. Um, and, and today's but, today's so day and been, age, which is go, worse. Right. Um, so there's been some other stuff that's happened related to blackface, and this some of this happened before and some after. Uh, there is this, uh, so, okay, for those who don't understand the history of why blackface is offensive, because we get a lot of people that have asked us, like, why is this even offensive? It's just someone dressed up like, you know, like they're black and, you know, just putting pain on their face. I'm so actually one the, of the people the hist- who asked. No, I know. I know. <laughs> I, I said people. I didn't say, you know, lots, lots of people have asked. Lots of me. people. You. Right. Lots of, lots of you have asked me. Right. Um, so the historical context of blackface is that. For a long time, uh, black people were not either not allowed by law or just by virtue of the fact that they were slaves and couldn't do so. They weren't able to present a story about who they were to the general white public, uh, and and not just in the U.S. but but in in Europe and, and in most of the I guess white world or Western civil Western civilization. And so that void was filled by. Uh, uh, people who wrote white people who wrote often caricatures about black people. And, uh, and one of the things that they did, 
which is something that continued well into the 1930s and 40s uh, as a, a form of entertainment, which you would have uh, uh, white people dress up. Uh, they would put, you know, shoe polish or very, very black paint on their face uh, and they would keep their lips uh, white and they would, uh, you know, wear sometimes white gloves um, and they would dress in these kind of buffoonish clothing and they would act really, really over the top. If you if you if you go on YouTube and look up, you know, uh, you know, Al Jolson blackface or, you know, blackface vaudeville or any of that stuff. That was the presentation that a lot of people got about black people, even though they knew that that they weren't actually black people. It gave the implication that this is what black people are like. And so a lot of those uh, um, caricatures of black people uh, still, you know, negative stereotypes of black people continue even till today that, you know, that they're lazy, that they're good for nothing, that they, they, you know, that they aren't very smart, that they're thieving, that they're, you can't trust them, that they, you know, don't stick through to things, that they're sexually promiscuous, all, all these different things. And, and so there's a very, you know, the actual art of the, or the actual, uh, entertainment of blackface which is what northam did in this by the way I mean, or whoever was in the photo this was straight up blackface this wasn't just oh i like you know michael jordan i'm gonna go to a you know something dressed as michael jordan and i'm gonna paint my face black to look more like him this was straight up blackface right that's why blackface is offensive to, to people what's happening now is and then you can also make somewhat of an argument that for example well i want to be like michael jordan so i'm painting myself black or i want to be uh, like Kanye West, or I want to be like, I don't know, Herman Cain, whatever. Because uh, a lot of people dress up like Herman Cain. <laughs> old Herman um, Cain. You know, I, old Herman Cain. Old Herman Cain. Uh, yes, exactly. Um, so you could even make an argument for why that's offensive because it harkens back to blackface and all of that stuff. What's now happening is, so for example, there was an article right before this thing with, with Northam came out about someone who went to a bar and there was an old picture of some uh, coal miners from like the 1920s, 30s, 1890s, whatever, a very old photo of coal miners that are enjoying a beer after a long day's work. And their faces are not uniformly black, but they're black spotch all over because they were in a coal mine. And they probably all died of mesothelioma and their uh, grandchildren are entitled to compensation. But they... They had, you know, they had this on and they're all smiling because it's funny that, you know, they, they came out of a coal mine and they're, you know, soot black because of the thing. And so this person wrote about how they told the restaurant owner, owner that they wanted it taken down, that they saw it as blackface and that it harkened back to the days of blah, 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 which is absurd because this wasn't blackface. This was people who had worked really, really hard digging coal and were enjoying a photo. And it sh- the whole point of the photo was to show that like that's what the conditions were like in the mind that like literally you ended up like completely blackened by soot from from or from coal dust or whatever uh in, in the in the process and then another one that came up was now uh mary poppins is it the uh dick van dyke's character no okay so it's when the um man i haven't seen that movie in a really long time it's all it's all i know that's what i'm trying to remember yeah, it, yeah. it's all four of them but, you know, everybody knows that uh, Dick Van Dyke, Bert was his name, I believe. Bert, old Bert. Uh, Bert was a chimney sweep. And uh, right. many of the scenes was late at night, and he had just finished sweeping the chimneys in grand old London, I'm assuming. Right. Um, 
And he had, right. Yeah. He had, he had just done the chimney sweeping in old London. And so he had blackface on him or not, sorry. He had soot on his face. He had soot on him. Yeah. He had soot on him. And, um, he, um, then went to the, I think it was when they went to cartoon world. I think they had, they, or they did some dance or something. And in that dance routine, they were, dancing with the rest of the chimney sweeps and they all had soot on their face. And I believe that right. even at one point, uh, Julie Andrews who played Mary, uh, put like soot with a powder on her face. So she would fit in more. And people were saying that that was racist, racist, right? It's racist. It had nothing to do with race. It had nothing, it had to, do nothing to do with black people or slavery there was no context of that at no point. Look, so uh, there are examples of stuff in the past that I can say, and I don't consider myself a social justice warrior, but I can look at stuff in the past and be like, ooh, that's cringy. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, like uh, the, uh, uh, the the crows in the Dumbo movie, the original Dumbo. Right. Yeah, that's that's definitely, and there's some like stuff that they don't put in the old, and they, they don't put on Looney Tunes anymore. That was pretty pretty racial stuff. So I get it. Like, I get that there are times you can look back and be like, hey, you know what, maybe we should stop watching that or, you know, understand the context of it. Like, I mean, Huckleberry Finn, uh, you know, there was a person whose name was N-word. Jim. Jim, N-word Jim. Jim. And now he was a protagonist. I mean, he was a good guy. He was a good guy. He, um, he, was, he whole, was Huck's good buddy. He was Huck's best friend. Yeah, he was He was Huck's best friend and he was arguably the protagonist in, uh, in that, that, that story. But his name's N-word Jim. And uh, so now we call him N-word Jim. Or just Jim. Or just Jim. Or Or, just Jim. Or just Jim. Um, But when you jump to saying any white person whose face has been darkened artificially in any way is is racist and offensive, now you're looking, in my mind, you're just looking for things to be upset about. Agreed. Because it has nothing to do with blackface. Um, Jacob LaBelle mentioned, he said, um, Eddie Murphy did whiteface and it was hilarious. It, It was. He did a skit on... Saturday night, Saturday night live man, 35 years ago now, probably, probably. Uh, where he it's, it's a joke that he, he did this. They, they made him up to look like a white guy. And the joke was how easy his life was. And like, he got a loan with no collateral and like he, uh, you know, he was in the bus and people were handing him money. And like, I mean, you know, it was, it was a, it was a joke that, you know, Oh, uh, once you're white, everything's perfect or whatever. Now I've heard people say, and then the, the, the Wayans brothers did the, the movie white, Chicks, which is what I was going to say were, when Eddie Murphy did it, it was hilarious when the Wayne chicks did it. It was not. No, it was not funny. There was nothing about that movie. That was funny. No, the, the entire premise of the movie was, what looked like white women who would occasionally scream, uh, you know, yell in their, you know, black male voice. That was like the entire yeah, that was, that punchline was, of the movie. That was the movie. Now, when that was um, the entire movie, when old C. Thomas Howell did it uh, back in the 80s. Oh, yeah. He went, you know, he, he did white to black. That also did not come off very well. And, um, he did, it, some say it did not do well for his career, uh, but uh, it was also not a good movie. <laughs> for those of you who have, have no idea who C. Thomas Howell is, if, uh, he was an up-and-comer pretty much until that movie. Yeah, pretty much until that movie, he was an up-and-comer. He, uh, he was in some uh, really good... He was in some classics like uh, The Outsiders with Ralph Macchio and Tom Cruise and Patrick Swayze and Emilio Estevez. And then he did... What was that movie called? The The... 
the was it the right stuff? The right the the black face? Uh yeah, the right stuff, I think. The right stuffs. So he he dressed like a the he pretended to be a black guy and he darkened his face, I guess to get an affirmative action placement in a movie in a in a in a and university off, I, and then Yeah, something like that. It was, yeah, yeah, and, I then, don't and then and then in the process learned that it's not so easy being black. I mean, it's, the premise of the movie was was actually good, and it wasn't really true blackface because, again, he wasn't trying to present himself as a caricature. He was just trying to get in on whatever. But even that, I could see where people were like, yeah, not people were not happy with the, it, and I got it. No. I yeah, I, I, get, I get that, too. You're not going to get me on, because then what does that mean? So like, if a white person has a tan, you know, that's that harkens back to blackface. Like, at, at what point is a white person allowed to... Uh, end up having uh, some. I mean, like literally, you get uh, coal on your face from your job, and that's racist. Like, I mean, you know, that's that. Right. We've crossed the threshold uh, into the uh, uh, into the absurd, in my opinion. When we when we do that, so um, so at, yeah, yeah, that's so what at, happened. There. At some point, there's just going to be a like. There's just you're just getting angry in order to be angry, which you see, like you see right. that you see that a lot today, like with a MAGA hat kid. Um, who's now suing everybody, but, um, everybody, everybody is being sued. If you thought something negative about the MAGA hat kid, you might want to check your PO box, right? Because, uh, L good old L Lynn is coming for you. Yeah, L Lynn um, is coming and L Lynn, who is apparently a dude I found out is coming hard. <laughs> is, is it coming? He's God, that's a, that a sounds so bad. <laughs> Ellen is coming hard. Yeah. yeah, that's uh, that's the name of his sex tape. Yeah, that's. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say anything negative about the guy. I wouldn't. Um, yeah, you're right. I, I'm L. Everybody, L, Mr. L. I am so sorry. We here at Muddied Waters Media don't think that Ellen Wood was uh, has ever done anything wrong ever. And um, okay, so here's my even even accidentally. So back on the blackface thing, um, like. Rachel Dozeal, where does she fall in that line? Oh, Rachel Dozeal. Dozeal. Uh, uh, depends on who you ask. So she, because she is very much into the Black Lives Matter intersectional feminism thing, uh, a lot of people on the left would say, yeah, she gets a pass because she's down for the cause. Which makes you wonder why Ralph Northam Maybe he should have embraced it. Maybe he should have been like, "Well, actually, I identify as a black." Man. Uh, right. Just, now just... check out my moonwalk, and then and then just blow the roof off of it. I just want to see the guy dance. I want to see a moonwalk. I want to I see him moonwalk more than I've wanted to see any of the Star Wars movies. Or easily, if and... if it, Trump should bring <laughs> Ralph Northam on to moonwalk. Um, and put out like a little dance floor and everything. Um, he won't, but he won't, that would be no. nice. That would be nice. That would be, um, maybe man, if that happens at the State of the Union tonight, like we can put a bet on that. I mean, I'm betting no, but man, that would be amazing if Trump puts in a little platform for Ralph to moonwalk on. Oh, that would be amazing. Uh, I can pretty well guarantee it won't happen. Yeah, but uh, that would be great. I would. I would. Uh, that will make this all the more enjoyable. I am looking. So uh, the state of the state of the union is supposed to start at nine nine p.m. on the dot. Who knows if that actually is true? 
um, if that really will start right then, but we are keeping an eye on it. And when it does, we're going to have an amazing transition that hopefully goes well. And you will see me panic um, when that happens. So going back to, uh, um, go ahead. I was going to say, going back to last week's episode, uh, we did place a bet on the state of the union. Uh, we, we, uh, we bet whether or not we thought the, uh, honorable justice, Ruth Bader Ginsburg would be there. And uh, apparently, and there could be last-minute surprises, but apparently it looks as though she will not be in attendance today. Uh, she is still... Somewhat, Imagine that. Yeah, I know. She's still recovering um, or something um, from de- not being dead, uh, maybe. And, um, <laughs> she, she's still recovering from being alive. She's still recovering from being still. alive. Um, and she Still in her living recovery right she's still in her living recovery she's definitely not in those last few moments of oxygen already being already being dead right um Uh, so so it looks like now we all said she was not going to be we all said she would yeah you me and uh joshua bear 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 for chair smith joshy bear smith joshy bear smith uh you me and joshy bear smith all said no and then we took bets on whether or not she's alive and two of you said yes one of you with a question mark, and I said no ish because if you're on, if you're on, you know, life support, I don't really. Does that count? I don't know. If you're on life, so it, so I don't know all of the. If you're brain dead, you're dead. So no. So if you're brain dead, you don't get to be a justice anymore. I agree because you're dead. Right. Um, if you are in a coma, that would be an interesting question there. Uh, if, oh, all the if, sounds are coming from be, your computer this time. I was like, "What? What was that?" And I'm like, yep. I'm "Yeah, you don't have to worry at all." About I, I was what looking that all was. around. I was like, what, "What was that?" Yeah, no, totally my fault. Uh, but you don't have to. Uh, you don't get to be a justice anymore uh, if you are brain dead. If you're in a coma, I think there's there'd be a very interesting ethical question there about a uh, about a coma. Uh oh, that is the data. Let me mute that. Uh, are, oh, oh, are, are they're, okay. The state of the union is starting. Okay, well, let's let's bring on the old state. Okay, so the Supreme Court. Oh, we're going to be continuing to be talking. Okay, screw it. All right, we, here comes the transition. Boom. We we should probably welcome all of these special guests onto our show. Yeah, welcome to the, the show, the Supreme Court. The Supreme Okay, yeah, the Justices. Supreme Court's walking in. I I am not I am not seeing I am not seeing Ruth. I'm not seeing Ruth either. Um Yeah, you got set of my eye. Now yeah. is that can I don't think that's playing where they can hear it. Which is gonna be an issue because they need to be able to hear it. Um Hey, if you guys, guys can, can you hear the state Right. If you can hear us, uh, if you can hear the state of the union, let us know. Hold on. Let me, I'm going to, hold on. I'm going to listen real quick. That does not help because I don't know if I'm hearing the current ambient noise or the ambient noise that was recorded. All right. Hold on. Let me mute this. This is, this is the, the panic that I was telling you about earlier. Yeah, no, they're not hearing it. Yeah, crap. No. All right. Um, we 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 got some we got some nose coming in. 
Yeah, we got nose coming in. Oh, good. Um. Hmm. So why would that? So uh, in the meantime, I uh, we said that anybody who wrote a or sent us seventy five cents through PayPal would get a limerick written about them. Uh, so I wrote one for the one person who sent us seventy five cents. Oh wait, I edited it. God, do I want to go all the way back in our conversation to where I edited it? Edited it. There it is. Okay, cool. Uh, there was a girl who liked giving head. She didn't like being denied in bed. So whenever Casey grabbed her man by the facey, made sure her lady parts had been fed. Seventy-five cents. Seventy-five cents. Seventy-five cents for that. That was all that cost. That took me minutes of hard work. All right, and here comes Melania. I was going to say, I'm getting. Oh, good! You're watching. You're watching what Spike is doing. You're watching me trying to figure out what. So, this is exactly. My biggest nightmare. <laughs> oh, so, um, let's see. Let me go to the live. Now, can, Matt, can you hear it? I can hear it. I can definitely hear it. Now I cannot hear it. Um, well, there's nothing to hear, right? Well, then that's um, good okay. that I can't hear it. So, uh, let me do. Does anybody have any requests? Audio capture. Does anybody have any? Re- uh, no, that won't work. Never mind. I had an idea for you for a second. I think it. Is that getting my? Hello. Yeah. Madam Speaker, the President's cabinet. As the cabinet comes walking in, the cabinet comes walking in. Is is this picking me up too? Yes. Hold on. I'm going to test something real quick. Hold on. Okay. Uh, Jacob LaBelle says he hears it. Jacob, do you hear me twice? Jacob, do you do you hear him twice? Or at all? Echo. He's getting an echo off of you. Yes, I know. What about now? We're 
We're very new at this. Very new as in this is the first time I've ever done this. Right, yeah, this is the first time we've tried this. There's still an echo. You've got audio great now, closed captioning. It good. We got it good. You're good. We're good. All right, cool. All right, cool. Very, very, very good stuff. Okay, yeah. Beautiful. I'm not even worried about the latency at this point. At this point, if there's latency, I'm sorry. So, guys, if you had donated 75 cents, we would have had more limericks. We would have had more limericks but, to fill uh, that time. But So, uh, something to talk about that's State of the Union related. Apparently, the Trump campaign... If you had donated a dollar to the Donald Trump for President 2020 campaign, uh, your uh, name would scroll across the, I guess, the banner at the bottom during the State of the Union, which is seems like a bargain for a dollar. Huh? Right, it really does. It really does. I did like everybody saying that they were going to donate a dollar from like uh, Sandy Cortez, Sandy Ocasio Cortez, or Elizabeth Warren, and. Stuff like that. I thought that was pretty funny. Oh yeah, yeah. That's that's funny. And like people were like, "Yeah, I'm gonna say my name is tes- taxation." Yeah, tex- dot is dot theft and like all this stuff. So, um, but I mean, for a dollar, hey, you know what? Uh, money well spent. Uh, if you're into self promotion, uh, for a dollar. Again, you could have had some brilliant wordsmith come up with. There was a girl who liked giving head. She didn't like being denied in bed. So whenever Casey grabbed her man by the face, he made sure her lady parts had been fed. You could have had something brilliant like that written for you for 75 cents. That's 75 cents. 75 cents. Like that is worth every single penny of 75 cents. That's pretty. That's a. That is definitely a thing you could have spent it on. Yes. Nope, lighting's good. You guys are good. Is it? Yeah, are we hearing someone else do what we're doing? Yeah, I was going to say, it, sound, it, heard... it, it sounds like C-SPAN is going through the same issues that we're going through. It's just, we have to be entertaining while we're doing it. Yeah, they don't, well, I don't think they realize that it's happening. Matt, say something. I, okay. I'm, I'm, Same more thing. Okay. The president of the United States. The, the president of the United States is walking into is walking into the uh, House chambers. We we weren't sure if this was going to happen this year. Okay, so there's the president He's coming in. This is actually working, and I'm. I'm as shocked as anyone else. Our, our very special guest, Donald J., is uh, walking to his podium. With us. Donald J. Trump. And not Ruth Bader, Bader Ginsburg. Not Ruth Bader Ginsburg. But only Donald Trump. That's right. Only Trump is showed up. Right. 
As Dan Keyes said a while ago, he believes that Ruth Bader Ginsburg is no longer in this ethereal plane. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm kind of agreeing with him. He says that uh, Ginsburg is what? Not alive. Not alive? I'm increasingly convinced she's either not alive or really, really, really bad off. I mean, they say that she made a public appearance yesterday, but nobody snapped a f- picture of it. I'm just not... I, I don't buy it. I I don't believe that. No. Uh, the Don... The Donald milking each step as much as he possibly can. Yep. With his red tie dangling slightly to the left. <laughs> See, and he's someone that's going to bother him later. That, that is going to is- Yeah, it's going to bother him so much later. It's going to be great. So this was originally supposed to be last week, the 29th, right? Yeah, this was supposed to be last week. This was supposed to be uh, the week that we, instead of having the president as a guest, we had uh, Joshy Bear Smith uh, as a guest. Which, you know, good Which was better. Great. If you can't get the president, Joshy Bear Smith is a great replacement. Oh, absolutely. Man, he really is taking his sweet time up there. Apparently, the kid who is changing his name because he was bullied because his last name is Trump, he is at this today. Really? Yeah. I don't know who he came as a guest of, but he's, he's there. He was bullied because his name was Trump? That's what, that's what his argument was. That tie thing's going to really bother him. That, oh, man. He's going to fume. When he finds out his tie is hanging like that. He, somebody's getting fired for that. Oh, yeah. I don't know who, who it is. His, somebody. I don't Probably know. Probably someone that had nothing to do with it, but yeah. Right. I don't know. I keep watching our feed, which means that I'm watching stuff that happened minutes ago. Yeah, I know. You got to watch. You got to watch it from. I got to watch it live from Hangouts. Yeah, yeah you got to watch it live. I keep doing the same thing, and it doesn't line up with the audio. There we Thank go. Thank you very much, Madam Speaker, Mr. Vice President, members of Congress. The First Lady of the United States. I'll give it to her. And my fellow Americans, we meet tonight at a moment of unlimited potential. As we begin a new Congress, 
I stand here ready to work with you to achieve historic breakthroughs for all Americans. Millions of our fellow citizens are watching us now gathered in this great chamber, hoping that we will govern not as two parties, but as one nation. I kind of prefer when they were governing as two parties and not agreeing with the government. Right. That's just, that's just me. This is kind of perfect that we get to talk to him and the applause. Now. I know, it's great. The agenda I will lay out this evening is not a Republican agenda or a Democrat agenda. It's the agenda of the American people. Mm. Many of us have campaigned on the same core promises to defend American jobs and demand fair trade for American workers, to rebuild and revitalize our nation's infrastructure, to reduce the price of health care and prescription drugs, to create an immigration system that is safe, lawful, modern, and secure, and to pursue a foreign policy that puts America's interest first. There is a new opportunity in American politics if only we have the courage together to seize it. There's a reason they're all dressed in white. There's got to be a reason they're all dressed in white. Right? Like there's... Victory is not winning for our party. Victory is winning for our country. It felt like victory when the government was shut down. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, was, yeah, we're really missing out on victory. It's all been kind of downhill. <laughs> but- this year, America will recognize two important anniversaries that show us the majesty of America's mission and the power of American pride. In June, we marked 75 years since the start of what General Dwight D. Eisenhower called the Great Crusade, the Allied liberation of Europe in World War II. So they're dressed in white. They're dressed in white as a uh, show of solidarity for women. June 6th. Solidarity with him? Women. 15,000 young American men jumped from the sky and 60,000 more stormed in from the sea to save our civilization from tyranny. Here with us tonight are three of those incredible heroes. Private First Class, Joseph Riley... Staff Sergeant Irving Locker and Sergeant Herman Zaitchek. Is that is, is he giving the thumbs up or he's yeah. flipping them off? I couldn't believe. Or was he giving us some other salute? Okay, on on this screen, it's definitely a thumbs up. Yeah, I think it was a thumbs up. It was I think the, he was super. So we tried to get him to sit down. <laughs> he's like, no. You, I'm 95 years old. I'm gonna do what I want. I, I get to, I get to jump up like this. Try to stop me. 
You know who tried to stop me last? The Nazis. The Nazis. The Nazis tried to stop me. You know what I did? I did this. I stood up. Gun. I stood up and I did this. Gentlemen, we salute you. In 2019, we also celebrate 50 years since brave young pilots flew a quarter of a million miles through space to plant the American flag on the face of the moon. Half a century later, we are joined by one of the Apollo 11 astronauts who planted that flag, Buzz Aldrin. Donald Trump pushing the globe Earth lie. Right. I was going to say he's just continuing the lie that is not the flat Earth. So sad. I expect just as you know. I expect you reopen the government. You say the globe is Earth is a globe. The Earth is globe. A nice shot of uh, someone who's never going to be president, Elizabeth Warren. And lots of shots of lots of people who aren't going to be president. <laughs> a lot of non never going to This year, American astronauts will go back to space on American rockets. Aren't the privately funded ones American rockets? What's that? Aren't like Elon Musk's American? Like, is he? He's American, right? Yeah, but he hasn't put any people up there yet. In the 20th century, America saved freedom, transformed science, redefined the middle class, and when you get down to it, there's nothing anywhere in the world that can compete with America. If you really, if you watch closely, Nancy Pelosi hates applauding these platitudes, now which you sort of have to. Boldly right. and bravely into the next chapter of this great American adventure. And we must create a new standard of living for the 21st century. An amazing quality of life for all of our citizens is within reach. We can make our community safer, our family stronger, our culture richer, our faith deeper, and our middle class bigger and more prosperous than ever before. Alexander Castro Cortez is pissed. But we must reject the politics of revenge, resistance, and retribution, and embrace the boundless potential of cooperation, compromise, Mm -mm. and the common good. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. No, I I actually, um, if my vote's worth anything, it's back towards retribution. Um, (laughs) Solidarity with, with women? White for women? That's kind of racist, huh? Well, that's, yeah, that's kind of racist. I don't understand the white. Together, we can break decades of political stalemate. We can bridge old divisions, heal old wounds, build new coalitions, forge new solutions 
and unlock the extraordinary promise of America's future. The decision is ours to make. We must choose between greatness or gridlock, results or resistance, vision or vengeance, incredible progress or pointless destruction. Tonight, I ask you to choose greatness. No, I kinda, the, the, I, the, the, the gridlock is where I'm at. I'm, I'm kind of more on the I'm gridlock. gridlock. Gridlock with a fallback on destruction. What is Pelosi holding? Are those like protest signs that she's going to pick up, that she's going to put up? Over the last two years, my administration has moved with urgency and historic speed to confront problems neglected by leaders of both parties over many decades. In just over two years since the election, we have launched an unprecedented economic boom, a boom that has rarely been seen before. There's been nothing like it. We have created 5.3 million new jobs and importantly added 600,000 new manufacturing jobs something which almost everyone said was impossible to do. But the fact is, we are just getting started. Does Nancy Pelosi... This is one of those... It looks like Nancy Pelosi is like in the middle of her stroke. What's that? It looks like she's in the middle of a stroke. I think she's trying to figure out how to... are rising at the fastest pace in decades. Oh, wow, you're right. And growing for... Blue-collar workers, who I promise to fight for, they're growing faster than anyone else thought possible. Nearly five million Americans have been lifted off food stamps. Better than all of them being cut off all at once. We could have lifted all of them off food stamps. All of them could have just kept the government (laughs) shut down for like another week. We would have had a one hundred percent lifting of of all people from food stamps. The U.S. economy is growing almost twice as fast today as when I took office. And we are considered far and away the hottest economy anywhere in the world. Not even close. Unemployment has reached the lowest rate in over half a century. Was that uh, Christian Gillibrand a second ago? I, I don't know who that was a second ago. It's someone that's not going to be president. African-American, Hispanic-American, and Asian-American unemployment have all reached their lowest levels ever recorded. Nancy is not happy about... The black unemployment thing. Right. No, a, she is not. That but, was a un, that was a difficult moment for her. Yeah, the the, the minorities being employed is very hard. Unemployment for Americans <laughs> with disabilities <laughs> has also reached an all time low. What did you say? Reach an all time low. More people are working now than at any time in the history of our country, 157 million people at work. 
We passed a massive tax cut for working families and doubled the child tax credit. Why mm, the child tax credit pisses me off. We virtually ended the estate tax or death tax, as it is often called, on small businesses for ranches and also for family farms. Can we just get rid of it for all of them? The taxes have already been paid. Why, why we only eliminated the very unpopular kids. Obamacare individual mandate penalty. I'll, I'll give him that one. Good. Yeah, I'll give good. him that thank one. Thank you. Yeah, that doesn't come good with that. Good, thank you. And to give critically ill patients access to life-saving cures, we passed, very importantly, right to try. Yes, that's, I'm yes. also a very big fan of that. I'm good with that. My administration has cut more regulations in a short period of time than any other administration during its entire tenure. I like that too. I do like that. Right now, he's I don't like, like that other ones still exist, but right. I do like. I like that the they're going trend. down. Companies like are coming back to our country in large numbers, thanks to our historic reductions in taxes and regulations. Okay. Okay. And we have unleashed a revolution in American energy. The United States is now the number one producer of oil and natural gas anywhere in the world. But Venezuela still has the most uh, reserves. What's that? Venezuela still has the most reserves. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> They're working on really expanding production. Right. And now, for the first time in 65 years, we are a net exporter of energy. I just pointed at someone. He was like, we're a net exporter, and then he pointed at, at someone. Big moment. Bro. After 24 months of rapid progress, our economy is the envy of the world. Our military is the most powerful on Earth by far. And America... If that was true, how have we continued to lose war? Was that not true previously? Right. I mean, but we're conti- we can't win a war. <laughs> America is again winning each and every day. <laughs> Members of Congress, the state of our union is strong. Oh, uh, Pelosi actually, you know, she shook her head there. Yeah, not she, strong. Yeah, I was going to say she did not like that. She disagreed. She disagreed very Not strong, she said. Wow, are they chanting like drunken frat boys? Yeah, this is a major boomer moment uh, for everyone. 
That sounds so good. <laughs> our country is vibrant, and our economy is thriving like never before. On Friday, it was announced that we added another 304,000 jobs last month alone, almost double the number expected. Legitimately, it looks like she's having a stroke. Yeah, she doesn't look... I don't know if this is just a a discomfort, like she's a feeling of discomfort. Oh, the one lady stood up and all the other ladies were not happy with her. Yeah, they did not like that. They said, we're all wearing white and we're sitting. It was taking place in the United States. For (laughs) women. And the only thing that can stop it are foolish wars, politics, or ridiculous partisan investigations. I loved her face on that one. God, that was good. (laughs) There is going to be peace and legislation. There cannot be war and investigation. (laughs) It just doesn't work that way. The Johnny Cochran school of... We must be united at home to defeat our adversaries abroad. This new era of cooperation can start with finally confirming the more than 300 highly qualified nominees who are still stuck in the Senate, in some cases, years and years waiting. Not right. He just tied war to the Mueller the investigation. investigation. <laughs> yeah, word to the Mueller investigation. That is... That is hilarious. The Senate has failed to act on these nominations, which is unfair to the nominees and very unfair to our country. Now is the time for bipartisan action. Believe it or not, we have Oof. already proven that you that's better, possible man. in the last Congress. Both parties came together to pass unprecedented legislation to confront the opioid crisis, a sweeping new farm bill, historic VA reforms. And after four decades of rejection, we passed VA accountability so that we can finally terminate those who mistreat our wonderful veterans. Did you hear? A moment ago, you saw Chuck saw, uh, presidential hopeful Cory Booker sitting yes. next to T Bone. <laughs> Old T Bone. Old T Bone. Old T Bone in the hizzy. And just weeks ago, both parties united for groundbreaking criminal justice reform. They said it couldn't be done. I, I, I will say that the criminal justice reform that was passed was actually really good. No one said it could be done. Nobody said it could be done, except for Kanye. Last year, I heard through friends the story of Alice Johnson. No, no. I was deeply moved. In 1997, Alice was sentenced to life in prison as a first-time nonviolent drug offender. Over the next 
22 years, she became a prison minister, inspiring others to choose a better path. She had a big impact on that prison population and far beyond. Alice's story underscores the disparities and unfairness that can exist in criminal sentencing and the need to remedy this total injustice. She served almost that 22 years and had expected to be in prison for the remainder of her life. In June, I commuted Alice's sentence. When I saw Alice's beautiful family greet her at the prison gates, hugging and kissing and crying and laughing, I knew I did something right. That's Alice her. is with us tonight, and she is a terrific woman. Terrific. Alice, please. This is the lady that Kim and Kanye told him about, right? right? Yeah, this is the one that Kanye was like, we need to get her out of jail. Kim said we need to get her out of jail. Right. Well, good. Yeah. He, now, if he really wanted to see this, he'd end the drug war and there'd be a bunch more Alice's back out, too. I mean, he, yeah, I was going to say he would release all of them, not just, not just <laughs> Alice. Not just this one, not just Alice. Good on him. Thank you for reminding us that we always have the power to shape our own destiny. Thank you very much, Alice. Thank you very much. Inspired by stories like Alice's, my administration worked closely with members of both parties to sign the First Step Act into law. Big deal. Big deal. I no one said it could be done. It's a big deal. I want to know what she is saying in the background. Sentencing laws that have wrongly and disproportionately harmed the African-American community. The First Step Act gives nonviolent offenders the chance to reenter society as productive, law-abiding citizens. Now states across the country are following our lead. America is a nation that believes in redemption. We are also joined tonight by Matthew Charles from Tennessee. Oh, yeah, this is a good story. In 1996, at the age of 30, Matthew was sentenced to 35 years for selling drugs and related offenses. Over the next two decades, He completed more than 30 Bible studies, became a law clerk, and mentored many of his fellow inmates. Now Matthew is the very first person to be released from prison under the First Step Act. Uh, Matthew Hertz and I talked about him for about 20 minutes uh, on on the writer's block. Oh, okay. His story is crazy. He's actually released from prison and then put back in. He was put back in? Yeah, he was out for like three years. And then they said, oh, no, you yeah, actually, we made a mistake. You have to go back and finish your sentence. Oh, Thank you, Matthew. Gosh. 
Welcome home. Now, Republicans and Democrats must join forces again to confront an urgent national crisis. Mm. Congress has 10 days left to pass a bill that will fund our government, protect our homeland, and secure our very dangerous southern border. He's going to do the threat. Now is the time for Congress to show the world that America is committed to ending illegal immigration and putting the ruthless coyotes, cartels, drug dealers, and human traffickers out of business. Is he going to say that this is an emergency? I, I think he's about to. Kamala Harris, also not ever going to be president. Yeah, never going to be president. She may be the nominee, though. As we speak, large, organized caravans are on the march to the United States. We have just heard that Mexican cities, in order to remove the illegal immigrants from their communities, are getting trucks and buses to bring them up to our country in areas where there is little border protection. I have ordered another 3,750 troops to our southern border to prepare for this tremendous onslaught. This is a moral issue. The lawless state of our southern border is a threat to the safety, security, and financial well-being of all America. We have a moral duty to create an immigration system that protects the lives and jobs of our citizens. This includes our obligation to the millions of immigrants living here today who followed the rules and respected our laws. Legal immigrants enrich our nation and strengthen our society in countless ways. This poses an immediate threat to everything, but also it has existed that way forever, forever. and also we're the greatest country ever. And you just bragged not too long ago about how the numbers of people coming in illegally are down. I want people <laughs> to come into our country to the virgins. in the largest numbers ever, but they have to come in legally. It's funny because that doesn't hurt him with the alt-right at all. Right. Like he just said he wants record numbers of immigration. Tonight I am asking you to defend our very dangerous southern border out of love and devotion to our fellow citizens and to our country. No issue better illustrates the divide between America's working class and America's political class than illegal immigration. Wealthy politicians and donors push for open borders while living their lives behind walls and oh, gates and guards. Yeah, Nancy, tear down your wall. Tear yeah, down, everyone. Nancy. 
It's like I hate that analogy too much. Meanwhile, working class Americans are left to pay the price for mass illegal immigration, reduced jobs, lower wages, overburdened schools, hospitals that are so crowded you can't get in, increased crime, and a depleted social safety net. Tolerance for illegal immigration is not compassionate. It is actually very cruel. You know, we could just get rid of the welfare system altogether and they wouldn't want to come. Just get rid of it. Exactly. One in three women is sexually assaulted on the long journey north. Smugglers use migrant children as human pawns to exploit our laws and gain access to our country. Human traffickers and sex traffickers take advantage of the wide open areas between our ports of entry to smuggle thousands of young girls and women into the United States and to sell them into prostitution and modern day slavery. Tens of thousands of innocent Someone started to clap. killed <laughs> by lethal drugs that cross our border and flood into our cities, including meth, Who's this? I don't know. heroin, cocaine, and fentanyl. The savage gang, MS-13, now operates in at least 20 different American states. And they almost all come through our southern border. Just yesterday, an MS-13 gang member was taken into custody for a fatal shooting on a subway platform in New York City. We are removing these gang members by the thousands. But until we secure our border, they're going to keep streaming right back in. Year after year, countless Americans are murdered by criminal, illegal aliens. I've gotten to know many wonderful angel moms and dads and families. No one should ever have to suffer the horrible heartache that they have had to endure. Here tonight is Deborah Bissell. But if they're killed by American citizens or legal immigrants, that's fine. That's fine. Gerald and Shara were burglarized and shot to death in their Reno, Nevada home by an illegal alien. They were in their 80s and are survived by four children, 11 grandchildren and 20 great grandchildren. Also here tonight are Gerald and Sharon's granddaughter, Heather, and great-granddaughter, Madison. To Deborah, Heather, Madison, please stand. Few can understand your pain. Thank you, and thank you for being here. Thank you very much. This is the same argument who thinks that... I was going to say, this is the same argument as gun control. It's like, oh, we... Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Anyone who thinks Donald Trump won't end up getting on board with gun control if someone can present an emotional enough argument to him has not been paying attention. 
I will never forget, and I will fight for the memory of Gerald and Sharon, that it should never happen again. Not one more American life should be lost because our nation failed to control its very dangerous border. In the last two years, our brave ICE officers made 266,000 arrests of criminal aliens, including those charged or convicted of nearly 100,000 assaults, 30,000 sex crimes, and 4,000 killings or murders. We are joined tonight by one of those law enforcement heroes, ICE Special Agent Elvin Hernandez. When oh, he's Elvin, got to get a Hispanic on Yeah, he's the one who sent uh, the UK rapper back. <laughs> he bravely got twenty-one Savage. That's it, twenty-one Savage in his dirty English home. <laughs> when Elvin was a boy, oh no, he and his family legally immigrated to the United States from the Dominican Republic. At the age of eight, Elvin told his dad he wanted to become a special agent. Today, he leads investigations into the scourge of international sex trafficking. Elvin says that if I can make sure these young girls get their justice, I've really done my job. Thanks to his work and that of his incredible colleagues, more than 300 women and girls have been rescued from the horror of this terrible situation. And more than 1,500 sadistic traffickers have been put behind bars. I don't know, he's kind of making it sound like we don't need a wall. Right, I was going to say, it sounds very much like it's not a national emergency. Or even desirable. I hope they all decided to stand up, because that's... We will always support the brave men and women of law enforcement. And I pledge to you tonight that I will never abolish our heroes from ICE. Thank you. I wanted a close-up of Alexandria Casio on that one. I wanted that so bad. That has to be Gillibrand. For that's got to be Gillibrand. Yeah, that's Gillibrand. administration has sent to Congress a common-sense proposal to end the crisis on the southern border. It includes humanitarian assistance, more law enforcement, drug detection at our ports, closing loopholes that enable child smuggling, and plans for a new physical barrier or wall to secure the vast areas between our ports of entry. In the past, most of the people in this room voted for a wall, but the proper wall never got built. I will get it built. I love how he pretends that a big part, hey, Ted Cruz in his beard, uh, that he thinks a big part of this argument is whether it's going to be called a wall 
or, or a phys- yeah, else. a physical barrier or a wall, or or slats or or a fence. Like he's he's really caught up in pretending this is, this is a, a semantic smart, issue. Strategic, see-through steel barrier, not just a simple concrete wall. It will be deployed in the areas identified by the border agents as having the greatest need. And these agents will tell you where walls go up, illegal crossings go way, way down. Did he just he just made it sound like it's not going to be across the whole border. Yeah, it didn't sound like it's going to go where they say it's needed. Right. San Diego used to have the most illegal border crossings in our country. In response, a strong security wall was put in place. They, they panned to someone who did immigration uh, uh, prosecutions illegal in, in San Diego. <laughs> the border city of El Paso, Texas, used to have extremely high rates of violent crime. One of the highest in the entire country and considered one of our nation's most dangerous cities. Now, immediately upon its building, with a powerful barrier in place, El Paso is one of the safest cities in our country. Simply put, Walls work and walls save lives. You could also use the argument that the complete and total lack of gun control in El Paso has a lot to do with the safety. Again, any of these arguments he's presenting, apply it to guns and and that's where this is going. And reach a deal that will truly make America safe. As we work to defend our people's safety, we must also ensure our economic resurgence continues at a rapid pace. No one has benefited more from a thriving economy than women who have filled 58% of the newly created jobs. I last too am year. wearing white. He fixed his tie. I wonder when that happened. I think just his natural movements caused it to. Yeah, but his tie at some point did. It's did. been if you look, because I'm looking at the laps. If you look, it's been kind of slowly correcting. Uh, but he's gonna fume about that. He is gonna be so mad about that tie thing. All the women wearing. <laughs> you weren't supposed to do that. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. All Americans can be proud that we have more women in the workforce than ever before. Are, are we all proud of that? Yeah, I was going to say, the, all the women in white are getting up and cheering for this. I mean, some people would argue that the fact that more women are having to work speaks to the fact that households require two incomes now. Don't sit yet. You know, like this. <laughs> and exactly one century after Congress passed the constitutional amendment 
giving women the right to vote. We also have more women serving in Congress than at any time before. I don't think Pence was happy about that. It was a hundred years. Jared Kushner is an odd duck. He 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 is a strange man. He has an interesting set of mannerisms about him. Yes. Are you chanting USA again? This is Boomer Heaven, by this the way. This is Boomer Heaven. It's really weird because now you got uh, like the Kamala Harris's and the Ocasio Cortezes and stuff. Oh, she's not doing it. Oh, she's not going to do USA chant. Yeah, no. she didn't do it. Everybody else is doing it, not her. That's great. <laughs> Very great. And congratulations. That's great. As part of our commitment to improving opportunity for women everywhere, this Thursday, we are launching the first ever government-wide initiative focused on economic empowerment for women in developing countries. To build on... Thank you. To build on our incredible economic success, one priority is paramount, reversing decades of calamitous trade policies. So bad. We are now making it clear to China that after years of targeting our industries and stealing our intellectual property, the theft of American jobs and wealth has come to an end. Most powerful economy, the envy of the world, he said, but trade, free trade is really, really hurting us. Right. Yeah. Simultaneously. And also, it's incredibly dangerous. Recently imposed tariffs on $250 billion of Chinese goods, and now our treasury is receiving billions and billions of dollars. But I don't blame China for taking advantage of us. I blame our leaders and representatives for allowing this travesty to happen. I have great respect for President Xi, and we are now working on a new trade deal with China. But it must include real structural change to end unfair trade practices, reduce our chronic trade deficit, and protect American jobs. He just bragged about the fact that the U.S. Treasury has billions of dollars in money that was taxed from Americans when they purchased things, probably at Walmart. Another historic trade blunder was the catastrophe known as NAFTA. (laughs) I have met the men and women of Michigan, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Indiana, New Hampshire, and many other states whose dreams were shattered by the signing of NAFTA. Envy of the world. For years, politicians promised them they would renegotiate for a better deal. But no one ever tried until now. Our new U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement, the U.S.-MCA, will replace NAFTA and deliver for 
American workers like they haven't had delivered to for a long time. I hope you can pass the USMCA into law so that we can bring back our manufacturing jobs in even greater numbers, expand American agriculture, protect intellectual property, and ensure that more cars are proudly stamped with our four beautiful words. Made in the USA. I, I don't think I want a car that was made in the USA, but thank you. No, I haven't had one made in the USA in a while now. Yeah, I like. Tonight, I am really also asking you to pass the United States Reciprocal Trade Act so that if another country places an unfair tariff on an American product, we can charge them the exact same tariff on the exact same product that they sell to us. That would be the largest tax increase ever in history. Yes. Ever. That would easily be the largest tax increase on American consumers. Both parties should be able to unite for a great rebuilding of America's crumbling infrastructure. Oh, God. The roads. Uh, Got to do something about the roads. You got to do something about the roads. This is boomer. This is every boomer vetching when they first wake up. I know that Congress is eager to pass an infrastructure bill, and I am eager to work with you on legislation to deliver new and important infrastructure investment, including investments in the cutting edge industries of the future. This is not an option. That's not infrastructure. This is a necessity. The next major priority for me and for all of us should be to lower the cost of health care and prescription drugs and to protect patients with pre-existing conditions. The fact that Nancy Pelosi got up for that should scare every single every person. Single, yeah, everybody. That means they're already working on something. Already as a result of my administration's efforts in 2018, drug prices experienced their single largest decline in 46 years. But we must do more. It's unacceptable that Americans pay vastly more than people in other countries for the exact same drugs, often made in the exact same place. This is wrong. This is unfair. And together, we will stop it. And we'll stop it fast. The end of patent protection, that would that would do that you were just complaining about that intellectual property right wasn't being defended that's well, why he was, they he was upset about american intellectual property I'm asking congress to pass legislation right that's why they pay less it over finally there. takes on the problem of global freeloading and delivers fairness and price transparency for american patients finally 
Mitch McConnell is the least happy person to be there, and I'm not sure why. We should why. also require drug companies, insurance companies, and hospitals to disclose real prices to foster competition and bring costs way down. If you just open the market. No force in history has done more to advance the human condition than American freedom. In recent years... Is that a force? Is a force? I think it means bombs. Um, concept of freedom. In recent years, we have made remarkable progress in the fight against HIV and AIDS. Scientific breakthroughs have brought a once distant dream within reach. My budget will ask Democrats and Republicans to make the needed commitment to eliminate the HIV epidemic in the United States within 10 years. We have made incredible strides. Incredible. Dennis Miller one time said that the day that they end AIDS, if you, or end HIV, if you can't get laid, you're just not trying. Together, we will defeat AIDS in America and beyond. You could just not. Yeah. Um, uh, Tonight, I am also asking you to join me in another fight that all Americans can get behind the fight against childhood cancer. I'm really glad he didn't say obesity. Joining Melania in the gallery this evening is a very brave 10-year-old girl, Grace Eline. Every birthday... Man, I just thought of the worst joke, and I can't say it. Yep, don't do it. Yeah. Don't do it. Yeah, I can't say that one. Yep. Hi, Grace. Every birthday since she was four, Grace asked her friends to donate to St. Jude's Children's Hospital. She did not know that one day she might be a patient herself. That's what happened. Last year, Grace was diagnosed with brain cancer. Immediately, she began radiation treatment. At the same time, she rallied her community and raised more than $40,000 for the fight against cancer. So this sounds like an argument against forcing people to pay for any childhood cancer because this child who had cancer was able to rally people to pay for it voluntarily. Right. So now he's going to explain why we have to be robbed for it. Yeah in total contradiction of what he just said. When Grace 
completed treatment last fall, her doctors and nurses cheered. They loved her. They still love her. With tears in their eyes as she hung up a poster that read, Last Day of Chemo. I cannot imagine being that girl right now. For multiple reasons, but... Thank you very much, Grace. You are a great inspiration to everyone in this room. Thank you very much. Many childhood cancers have not seen new therapies in decades. My budget will ask Congress for $500 million over the next 10 years to fund this critical life-saving research to help support working parents. The time has come to pass school choice for Americans' children. That was a segue, huh? That was a weird segue. That was... We went, we went from we cancer went from, to school choice? We must save children from cancer. He knows. He, this is, he knows something. He knows that the, can, the schools are giving to cancer to kids. To include in my budget a plan for nationwide paid family leave so that every oh. new parent has the chance to bond with their newborn child. That is such a joke. Hey, guys, you want to get Rob to pay for uh, people to have as many kids as they want? Can we use that no whole I don't want to be murdered argument for having more kids? Of a <sighs> mother holding her infant child than the chilling displays our nation saw in recent days. Lawmakers in New York cheered with delight upon the passage of legislation that would allow a baby to be ripped from the mother's womb moments from birth. These are living, feeling, beautiful babies who will never get the chance to share their love and their dreams with the world. And then we had the case of the governor of Virginia (laughs) where he stated he would execute a baby after birth to defend the dignity of every person, I am See, asking Congress to pass legislation Congress. to prohibit the late-term abortion of children who can feel pain in the mother's womb. You have to bring up the blackface thing. You have please. to bring up the blackface thing. If you want late-term abortion to end, you have to tie it to the blackface. But Late-term abortion equals blackface. The same people who are upset about the late-term abortion possibly going away are very happy about the government forcing us to pay for They love blackface. Yes, they love blackface. Yes, blackface. Pro-choice blackface. Why, they, why he didn't just make that connection, I don't know what to tell you. It was a huge failure in this speech. He even brought the guy up. He even brought up the governor. But you didn't mention blackface. How do you not bring up the blackface? How? He's gonna. He's got to bring it up. And let us reaffirm a fundamental truth: all children, born and unborn, are made in the holy image of God. The final part 
of my agenda is to protect American security. Over the last two years, we have begun to fully rebuild the United States military with $700 billion last year and $716 billion this year. We are also getting other nations to pay their fair share. Finally. It's an odd way to tie American babies to the largest mass murder organization on earth. I kind of wonder if he's got like a timer up there counting him down. For years, the United States was being treated very unfairly (laughs) by friends of ours, members of NATO. But now we have secured, over the last couple of years, more than $100 billion of increase in defense spending from our NATO allies. They said it couldn't be done. <laughs> couldn't be done. They said it couldn't be done because it probably isn't. I'm just going to say it it's, couldn't be done because it's not actually happening. As because it's not military happening. buildup, the United States is developing a state-of-the-art missile defense system. Oh, good. Under my administration, we will never apologize for advancing America's interests. For example, decades ago, the United States entered into a treaty with Russia in which we agreed to limit and reduce our missile capability. While we followed the agreement and the rules to the letter, Russia repeatedly violated its terms. It's been going on for many years. That is why I announced that the United States is officially withdrawing from the Intermediate Range Nuclear Forces Treaty, or INF Treaty. Perhaps... (laughs) We really have no choice. Perhaps we can negotiate a different agreement, adding China and others. Or perhaps we can't, in which case we will outspend and out-innovate all others by far. Hope you guys like being robbed at gunpoint. Yeah, I was going to say, the, the, the cost of military, the military in the U.S. is about to skyrocket. To pay for multinational corporations to make a windfall of profit. We continue our historic push for peace on the Korean Peninsula. Our hostages have come home. Nuclear testing has stopped. And there has not been a missile launch in more than 15 months. If I had not been elected president of the United States, we would right now, in my opinion... Be in a major war with North Korea. In my opinion, wow. because I have zero fact to base that up. I mean, honestly, he, he could be right. Might be Much right. Much work remains to be done. But my relationship with Kim Jong-un is a good one. 
Chairman Kim and I will meet again on February 27th and 28th in Vietnam. Two weeks ago, the United States officially recognized the legitimate government of Venezuela Uh-oh. and its new oh. president. No. Oh. Juan Guaido. Guaido. That's Guido. how you say it. Guaido. You were close. I wasn't 100% sure he'd be able to say it correctly, so. We stand with the Venezuelan people in their noble quest for freedom. And we condemn the brutality of the Maduro regime, whose socialist policies have turned that nation from being the wealthiest in South America into a state of abject poverty and despair. Here in the United States, we are alarmed by the new calls to adopt socialism in our country. (laughs) America was founded on liberty and independence and not government coercion, domination, and control. We are born free. Yeah, I was going to say the entire speech has been that. We only want this much socialism. Right. That much socialism that much is socialism entirely unacceptable. Okay. Right. That, that's way too much socialism that they're going for. We have reached the, 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 the total amount of socialism that we want, minus a wall. Right. Tonight, we renew our resolve that America will never be a socialist country. Even, even though it kind of is now. Yeah, we're just going to keep telling you that it's not a socialist country, so you believe it. We will commit to telling you this is not socialist until the very second that it becomes popular, in which case we will immediately One of the most complex set of challenges we face and have for many years is in the Middle East. Our approach is based on principle realism, not discredited theories that have failed for decades to yield progress. For this reason, my administration recognized the true capital of Israel and proudly opened the American embassy in Jerusalem. It definitely fixed everything. Yeah, that's going to make Jared's happy. Yeah, that makes Jared real happy. Jared is he's a stiff, stiff man. These are very Our brave troops squirmy have now and stiff, been fighting in the Middle East for almost 19 years in Afghanistan and Iraq. Nearly 7,000 American heroes have given their lives. More than 52,000 Americans have been badly wounded. We have spent more than seven. <laughs> they zoom into the guy. Wow, to Dan Crenshaw. As a candidate for president, I loudly pledged a new approach. Great nations do not fight endless wars. 
but you're you still are though. Right, but we're still in all of them. You, you definitely are still fighting in this world. And those are all the guys there that want you when to fight. When I took in this office, world. ISIS controlled more than twenty thousand square miles in Iraq and Syria just two years ago. Today, we have liberated virtually all of the territory from the grip of these bloodthirsty monsters. <laughs> now, as with we bombs, because we're not bloodthirsty monsters, to destroy the remnants of ISIS, it is time to give our brave warriors in Syria a warm welcome home. I have also accelerated our negotiations to reach, if possible, a political settlement in Afghanistan. Mm -hmm. The opposing side is also very happy to be negotiating. Our troops have fought with unmatched valor, and thanks to their bravery, we are now able to pursue a possible political solution to this a, long and bloody conflict. It's an interesting way of spinning that, but okay. Yeah. Whatever it takes to make you feel okay about us leaving Afghanistan, I'm good with that. We must individually kill each and every one of those bloodthirsty savages. Right. In Afghanistan, they have to die. My administration they're bloodthirsty. is holding constructive talks with a number of Afghan groups, including the Taliban. As we make progress in these negotiations, we will be able to reduce our troops' presence and focus on counterterrorism, and we will indeed focus on counterterrorism. We do not know whether we'll achieve an agreement, but we do know that after two decades of war, the hour has come to at least try for peace. And the other side would like to do the same thing. It's time. I would love to see. Look, no Democrat, well, a handful of Democrats are voting, are, are, are standing. Applauding. Yeah. Above all, friend and foe alike must never doubt this nation's power and will to defend our people. Eighteen years ago, violent terrorists attacked the USS Cole. And last month, American forces killed one of the leaders of that attack. We are honored to be joined tonight by Tom Wibberley, whose son, Navy Seaman Craig Wibberley, was one of the 17 sailors we tragically lost. Tom, we vow to always remember the heroes of the USS Cole. Thank you, Tom.
Is that him clapping that I hear? Yeah. My administration has acted decisively to confront the world's leading state sponsor of terror, the radical regime in Iran. Not Saudi Arabia, though. Regime. They do bad, bad things to ensure this corrupt dictatorship never acquires nuclear weapons. I withdrew the United States from the disastrous Iran nuclear deal. But we still sell weapons to Saudi Arabia. What's that? We still sell weapons to Saudi Arabia. Wait. The people in Yemen, they know about it. We put in place the toughest sanctions ever imposed by us on a country. We will not avert our eyes from a regime that chants death to America and threatens genocide against the Jewish people. David Duke is not happy. No. Why is supporting Tulsi Gabbard? We must never ignore the vile poison of anti-Semitism David Duke is not those happy. who spread its venomous creed. With one voice, we must confront this hatred anywhere and everywhere it occurs. Just months ago, 11 Jewish Americans were viciously murdered in an anti-Semitic attack on the Tree of Life Synagogue in Pittsburgh. SWAT officer... Timothy Matson raced into the gunfire and was shot seven times chasing down the killer. And he was very successful. Timothy has just had his 12th surgery and he's going in for many more. But he made the trip to be here with us tonight. Officer Matson, please. So this is one of those moments where no politician wants to be the one to be the right. first to stop clap. You, you can't, you can't not stand up. You can't not clap. Thank and you. you can't we are be the forever grateful. Thank you very much. Tonight we are also joined by Pittsburgh survivor Judah Sabbat. He arrived at the synagogue as the massacre began, but not only did Judah narrowly escape death last fall. More than seven decades ago, he narrowly survived the Nazi concentration camps. Today is Judah's 81st birthday. Yes. 
Are, are you doing the math? I'm doing the math. I'm trying to do the math. He's 81. <laughs> They're singing happy birthday to him. Are they? Yeah. Um, they'll give me more time to do math. So he, he would have been seven when the concentration camps were free. Yeah. Yeah, he would have been seven. They wouldn't do that for me, Judah. <laughs> Judah says he can still remember the exact moment nearly 75 years ago after 10 months in a concentration camp when he and his family were put on a train and told they were going to another camp. Suddenly, the train screeched to a very strong halt. A soldier appeared. Judah's family braced for the absolute worst. Then his father cried out with joy, it's the Americans, it's the Americans. A second Holocaust survivor who was here tonight, Joshua Kaufman, was a prisoner at Dachau. He remembers watching through a hole in the wall of a cattle car as American soldiers rolled in with tanks. For me, Joshua recalls, the American soldiers were proof that God exists and they came down from the sky. They came down from heaven. I began this evening by honoring three soldiers who fought on D-Day in the Second World War. One of them was Herman Zeitschik. But there is more to Herman's story. A year after he stormed the beaches of Normandy, Herman was one of the American soldiers who helped liberate Dachau. Can you imagine being like an alt-right Trump supporter right now and watching this? Oh, that's what David Duke is fuming. It's 4D chess. He's got to make the Jews think he likes them. He was one of the Americans who helped rescue Joshua from that hell on earth. Almost 75 years later, Herman and Joshua are both together in the gallery tonight, seated side by side, here in the home 
of American freedom. Herman and Joshua, your presence this evening is very much appreciated. Thank you very much. I'm not going to lie when he said Herman and Joshua are together. I thought that was going a different way. Oh, wow. That would have been a moment, huh? That would have been a story. Also, freedom has been mentioned twice during the State of the Union, once in reference to the military, and then another in reference to the House of Representatives, the Capitol building. These are the two things I think of as the most antithetical to freedom. Right. Thank you. When American soldiers set out beneath the dark skies over the English Channel in the early hours of D-Day, 1944, They were just young men of 18 and 19 hurtling on fragile landing craft toward the most momentous battle in the history of war. They did not know if they would survive the hour. They did not know if they would grow old. But they knew that America had to prevail. Their cause was this nation and generations yet unborn. Why did they do it? They did it for America. They did it for us. Everything that has come since our triumph over communism, our giant leaps of science and discovery, our unrivaled progress towards equality and justice. All of it is possible thanks to the blood and tears and courage and vision of the Americans who came before. Think of this capital. Think of this very chamber where lawmakers before you voted to end slavery, to build the railroads and the highways, and defeat fascism the roads to secure civil rights and to face down evil empires here tonight we have legislators from across this magnificent republic you have come from the rocky shores of maine and the volcanic peaks of hawaii from the snowy woods of Wisconsin and the red deserts of Arizona, from the green farms of Kentucky and the golden beaches of California. God, I hope not. Together, we represent (laughs) the most extraordinary nation in all of history. What will we do with this moment? How will we be remembered? I ask the men and women of this Congress, look at the opportunities before us. Our most thrilling achievements are still ahead. Our most exciting journeys still await. Our biggest victories are still to come. We have not yet begun to dream We must choose whether we are defined by our differences or whether we dare 
to transcend them. We must choose whether we squander our great inheritance or whether we proudly declare that we are Americans. We do the incredible. We defy the impossible. We conquer the unknown. This is the time to reignite the American imagination. This is the time to search for the tallest summit and set our sights on the brightest star. This is the time to rekindle the bonds of love and loyalty and memory that link us together as citizens, as neighbors, as patriots. This is our future, our fate, and our choice to make. I am asking you to choose greatness. No matter the trials we face, no matter the challenges to come, we must go forward together. We must keep America first in our hearts. We must keep freedom alive in our souls. And we must always keep faith in America's destiny. That one nation, under God, there it is. must be the mean? hope and the promise and the light and the glory the nations of the world. Thank you. God bless you. And God bless America. Thank you very much. I don't know what any of that just means. I don't know what any of that means. It's, I'm just staying on for a little bit just to see, make sure like we don't miss him punching someone or something. <laughs> so... <laughs> we punches someone I don't want to miss. I mean that that last bit was really weird. Like uh, Curtis, a uh, buddy of mine from uh, I'm going to say middle school, possibly high school. I don't remember when we met, but uh, he uh, commented "Manifest Destiny," and it sounded like he was kind of giving the Manifest Destiny speech. It was very. It was the platitude to end all platitudes. Right. It was, I'm not going to say anything that's going to upset anybody or offend anybody. I'm just going to say a bunch of, I'm just going to say a bunch of non sequiturs that everybody's going to be able to get behind. That like, like there was nothing there of any kind of substance, substance at all. Right. Which is fine. Cause I actually prefer that to like when he was calling for, um, Massive authoritarian measures and power grabs and taxes. Um, yeah. Under the, I forget sometimes. You know, in libertarian, we spend a lot of time in libertarian circles where we all kind of come from the presumption that this is all garbage. And when you watch something like this, you forget that like the vast majority of people on both the left and right buy into a lot of that garbage. Like, right. as long as it's said by the right politician. Like, if it's him saying it, half of them disagree. If it's Obama saying them. The other, that yeah, half that, agrees yeah. and the other half disagrees. But, um, all right, it's looking like nothing. Yeah, nothing exciting is going to happen. Yeah, nothing special. He's got um, Jeff Bezos behind him. Um, <laughs> all right, here is when the seamless, watch this, watch this, guys. Boom, seamless. Um, the seamless transition that I just did. There it is. I was like, guys, we just did an amazing thing here. We did. We do need to work on the mic stuff, so uh, we do apologize to all of you who were complaining about that. But, yeah, yeah. 
But we we did a good. Th- it was still overall, it was good. Um. So I guess what are we doing now? So, uh, I guess we. So Matt, how do you think he did? Um. He. He did. Uh, he focused on the few things that he did that I liked, with like the deregulations, um, with like the deregulations and the criminal justice reform, and uh, things right. of that nature. But some of his his healthcare promises were very vague and led me only to believe that even though he got rid of the Obama mandate, uh, the Obamacare mandate, that we're going to have a completely different one coming right down this pipeline, um, and uh, the the. Uh, parental leave, the parental leave, the federal mandated parental leave thing. I, like you're talking about in the tax limits or in the in the new tax bill, it's like you got the credit for having children. Well, that meant that that means that people like you, like me, that don't have children now have to pay for this. Like we got to pick up that we got to pay that back. Um, and essentially, yeah. Essentially, yeah. and then if you're going to be having a parental leave, that means that the taxpayers are now paying for people to take this time off to have kids. And like, I'm all for people having kids. I'm all for two parent households. I'm all for all of like, I'm all for it. Right. Right. But at right. the same time, that should not fall on the taxpayers. Right. Exactly. And why do I not get to use the same xenophobic argument of like finding someone who was murdered by someone who used to be an American baby and say, we cannot allow people to be murdered by American babies anymore. And so we must say that the dangerous American vaginas that are lawless, if you're going to have a baby, we want you to have a baby legally. And, you know, I mean, why would we not? Because it's the same argument. Like we can't have more people here because they might murder someone. And, uh, uh, which is a fun argument, but you know, why don't I get to use that to try to keep my, my taxes lower? So no, I, that was a one, two punch that I, um, was not terribly happy with among others. Right. I mean, he, and Curtis commented again and he said, you know, 10 days and that's when the government's supposed to shut back down again. I, I honestly don't think the government's going to shut back down. I it's don't. not going to shut back down. I, I think it's that not going I, to shut back down. I think he came one, one breath away from saying that he's going to declare a national emergency for the wall. And I think he wanted to say, it. I think he, I think he was dying to say it, but he, he did hold back to see how the uh, talks were going to go, but the government's going to stay open. And I think he's going to do a national emergency. And if he does do the national emergency, that's going to be awful. That's just going to be awful. Like that is, it is. And it's going it, to, so if you, it, Imagine me saying, honey, I think I'm having a heart attack. Now I need to negotiate with you about driving me there. And I'm giving you 10 minutes or 10 hours or 10 whatevers. I got to negotiate this out with you. And if that doesn't work, then I'm going to call 911 because this is an emergency. Or no, even better. This is, you know, I'm going to give you 10 days to decide whether or not to drive me to the hospital because uh, uh, otherwise I'm going to have to call 911 because this is an emergency. If it's an emergency, then you declare it the very moment you become president right. or shortly after when you discover you don't you don't declare it as an emergency as it's on its downswing because he even said that the number of crossings has gone way down right uh, you don't declare it after months of saying well because that's not what an emergency is it's not a negotiating chip so 
the good thing is that if he does do it, the courts will probably strike it down and it will frighten presidents from future presidents from using the same thing of saying, because what's to stop? Okay. And it's been said many other times, but we'll say it again. If he's able to successfully do this, what's to stop president Ocasio-Cortez or president Harris or president Democrat that you hate from saying, well, uh, you guys need to pass, you know, uh, climate change legislation and tax and tax, uh, uh, cap and spend, uh, cap and trade, uh, and, and, and various other tax schemes, or else I'm going to declare it an emergency and do it anyway. Or what's to stop okay. any president doing anything? So actually, uh, I, I was looking this up earlier today. Um, this does go to a vote in the Senate. Um, it doesn't go through the House. Declaring a, an emergency? Yeah, it goes to a vote in the Senate. And they were. And what I was reading is that the Democrats need five Republicans to switch sides. Uh, because uh, one of the Democratic senators is going to vote for it. Uh, but they need five Republicans to switch sides in order to uh, make it so he can't do the emergency. So you do have Senate protection there. That might happen, though. I, I could see you've got Ben Sass, Marco Rubio spoke out against it, but Marco Rubio is such a freaking... Yeah, he's a... He, he speaks out against stuff and he, he'll vote, however. Um, so I could see... I could see that going either way, but I mean, ultimately, for those who are cheering on the idea of a president saying, "Yeah, I don't need the legislature. I'm, you know, all I need is a is is fifty one votes or fifty votes in the in the Senate, and I'm going to pass whatever I want." Just extrapolate that out to every horrifying thing you can think of that has been held back in the past by the fact that it couldn't get through the House and Senate, you know, through the regular budgeting pro through the regular legislating process. And you now effectively don't have a legislature anymore. No. You have, you know, 50, the president and 50 senators can just say, well, it's an emergency, so we need to get it done. Um, so that's kind of that. And then, and then Ann Coulter, newest foe of President Trump, has been saying that he doesn't even need to do that. He has the Article 2 authority as president to, uh, to do this. Uh, because it's national security. And that's an even more horrifying thing where they don't even need to declare anything. Presidents just get, get do to do whatever. whatever they want, saying it's national security. So that's, right. those are both really fun, fun things. Um, Curtis, uh, I, I will say that the nuclear treaty in Europe being canceled is ridiculous. Uh, sorry, I was actually reading your thing. Yes, this is going to yeah. turn it. This is going to turn into a new arms race. Uh, this is going to turn into a new arms race, and it's between us and Russia right now and China. And you may as well just throw Turkey in because you know they're all kind of together. Um, it's it's kind of terrifying, and the and the way that he was. Uh, the way that he was kind of sounding the horns for the military sound like, I, and the world war, a bunch of the world war two stuff that he was doing. Um, yeah, that's, it, that's, that's, uh, that's foreshadowing. That's prepping people for the idea of militarism right. to protect freedom, to protect, and that's, to protect yeah. the freedoms. I think that uh, there is. And while I will say he's been a lot less militaristic than many people thought he was going to be, he's ending the he's ending wars. He's uh, done great work over in North Korea. I mean, not the best work, but I mean, he's yep. we're not at war with North Korea. Um, it's 
there's a net reduction in military involvement since he's been right. president for the first time in many presidents. But I will say that I feel as though he is building up he's building up the military in either for the facade of safety or he has something he thinks that Brazil that uh, Venezuela, not Brazil, that Venezuela is going to turn into something much bigger than a lot of people think it's going to, which I kind of called mm-hmm. last week. But um, I kind of feel that uh, he is um, right. I agree, Curtis. It's suspicious. I don't trust it. Uh, I don't trust it at all. Uh, but I'm not. I'm not going to go so far to say that like we're going to start jumping into more wars. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. He, uh, Curtis said, are you guys watching Stacey Abrams? No, we, we established in the last episode that no one actually cares what Stacey Abrams thinks about anything. Um, there are people who are, uh, they like the idea of there being a, 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 a female black governor of, uh, of Georgia, especially a Democrat one. Um, and that's what she represents to them. Nothing she actually says uh, is of any import. Especially to anyone. she's not the governor. Especially who? She's not the governor. Especially since she's not the governor. Um, they pulled out every stop and spent tens of billions of dollars or tens of millions of dollars, hundreds of millions or whatever. Record numbers of, of money. Um, her and uh, what's his name uh, down in Florida? Gillum. Gillum. Andrew Gillum. Yeah. Uh, no one actually cares what um, either of them has to say. Oh, about by it. the way, Gillum. And so, Gillum, we didn't talk about this last week. We didn't get around to it, and I didn't throw it in the notes, so we wouldn't have known to. Uh, just got a job. I, I have no. Yeah, I have no idea. What? Just got a job. He got a brand new job at a news outlet. Guess which one? CNN. Yep, he got the job at CNN the same day. The ethics committee found him guilty of ethics violations. Perfect. Yep. Nailed it. Nailed it. They got it. They, they CNN nailed that one. That was awesome. So, okay. So if you're an alt-right Trump supporter, you're not happy because he was talking big about, I mean, first of all, his daughter's a converted Jew. So at this point, you know, whatever. But he, I mean, he's got Jewish grandkids. They say, here's, a, here's a, a Jew joke. What's the difference between Donald Trump and a liberal Jew? Donald Trump has Jewish grandchildren. Um, and so the, uh, uh, yeah, so the, it's okay, I'm Jewish. Yeah, um, and yeah, it's, it's okay for me to say jokes like that. Um, so anyway, he, uh, so he, he touched on that. A lot of Holocaust deniers, the, the Holocaust deniers and the flat earthers are not happy. With the speech, no, especially he really the, doubled the down earthers. on the globe Earth. He did. He he is really fighting that for that globe Earth. He's really fighting for globe Earth. Uh. So, okay. So something we didn't get to touch on prior to the beginning of the State of the Union is that David Duke and and Matt had mentioned it in case you guys couldn't hear it. David Duke has endorsed Tulsi Gabbard as president. The, one of the Democratic nominees for president. <laughs> like, yeah. the, the, and that, he actually, I, what do you even say to that? I know that one just blows my mind. Now, he, and his reasoning for it, and and he put it in his he he made a picture of her as his Twitter cover photo. Yes, and it says. 
uh, Tulsi Gabbard, uh, the only, how did he word it? The, something like the only presidential candidate who will put America first and not Israel first. Um, and then he said, uh, in a, uh, someone, I guess he was talking to someone about it or he tweeted, he said, Tulsi Gabbard's the only, uh, uh, person running for president, uh, who doesn't want to send white boys or white men off to die for Israel. Um, so this is the new, this is the hot new white nationalism of supporting a, not white. What, she, what she's is Hawaiian. Tulsi? I think she's Hawaiian. Gabbard. I'm pretty, yeah, because uh, I mean, she's from Hawaii, so I'm pretty certain that she is a Hawaiian native. Yeah, she is a Hindu. Wow. I believe. Yeah. So she is a, here we go. What is, looked up nationalism, it said American. She was. <laughs> That helps. Um, what is her ethnicity? I'm, I'm pretty. I'm pretty certain that she is just Hawaiian. Well, at any rate, she's not white, or she's she anyway. Right. <laughs> her her she is at least partially not white. Yeah, and I, I, uh, I is she's also Pacific a Hindu. Islander. And that 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 is it. She's a Pacific Islander of some kind. She may right. be part white. I don't know. She is not the David Duke standard of of what you would normally vote for. And uh, so that's and she's a Democrat. And David Duke is a is basically a conservative or nationalist Republican. Um, so this is very interesting. I'm interested to see because this just happened today. What uh, Tulsi's? I can't imagine she's just going to ignore that. Oh no, she's already she's already rejected it. Oh, okay. She she has already vehemently rejected it. I was going to say you can't. I don't care how much the press tries to protect Democrats in general. That the most major media tries to protect Democrats, you don't get away from ignoring D- David Duke uh, uh, endorsing you. Um, so yeah. So this is so if you're a white, na- you're not a real white nationalist, guys, unless you are backing a Pacific Islander Hindu uh, for president. Yeah. Uh, okay. So her death. I was I was reading about her. Her father is of Samoan. Crap. Uh, her father is of Samoan and European ancestry, and her mom was born in Decatur, Indiana. Okay. So she's a somewhat white. Right. She's three quarters, but not completely. White. Right. She's not. She's David, three quarters white. She's not David Duke level acceptance. White. Yeah. She's definitely not meeting the David Duke standard of whiteness. Right. And she's. I, I think a Hindu. Um, so she, um, so that's fun. Um, so that all, but so t- t- we had talked about this Tulsi Gabbard and, and David Duke noted this as well. Tulsi Gabbard is like kind of truly the anti-war candidate, at least for now, um, uh, on either side. Cause it's going to be Trump on the Republican side and the libertarian party. No one takes seriously, but the, uh, um, who, who uh, knows the, who uh, that's going to be though right now. <laughs> Well, it's not going to be Bill Weld. It's not going to be Bill, Bill Weld. Weld. The great libertarian hope uh, is going to be a Republican again, where he will also not be elected to anything as a Republican. And uh, we are waiting with bated breath to hear how Sam Coppinger uh, responds to that. Uh, 
hashtag Sam Strong. And um, we, I just made that up. And um, we are waiting uh, to, to hear what that is. But yeah, no. Uh, so Tulsi Gabbard. So she just got sank by David Duke. That should help her candidacy. Um, so now we don't really have any viable anti-war candidates, except for possibly Donald Trump. Right. So, May- so sleep, sleep tight on that one. Yeah, maybe the Donald Trump. Maybe yeah, Donald maybe Trump. Maybe Donald Trump. So oh, that was everything, right? That was, yeah, that was everything. That was everything. The other one was just a fluff we... piece thing, but I have to go to the bathroom so bad. <laughs> okay, well, so... Uh, so Okay, so uh, tomorrow night, uh, Wednesday night, I have uh, Nzinga Johnson, who is the editor, founder and editor-in-chief of uh, Liberty Cadre. I think I said that. I think... Cad- is it Cadre? Cadre? Cadre. Cadre? Cadre. And uh, and then who do you have on Thursday? Okay, so uh, I was supposed to record yesterday, but he's canceled on me two days in a row. So we're going to see how tomorrow goes. And if not, uh, I'm going to be scrambling Thursday for somebody to go live. But I think I have a backup. So, uh, okay. Well, I'll let you know. <laughs> You're not going to believe who Matt has on for an action packed uh, Thursday night episode of uh, The Writer's Block. And then uh, next Tuesday, we'll be right back here. Uh, to uh, to uh, for the muddy waters of freedom, where we parse through the week's events as they happen, uh, as they happened last week, and uh, and yes, so that's what happened. Thank you for joining us for this special uh, for this special uh, uh, State of the Union address. Special. I'm just really happy it worked. Um, and uh, we'll have to work and, out the uh, audio issue that apparently we were having. Yeah, we'll figure that out for the next major thing that we're going to cover because this was this was pretty cool. Um, it was enjoyable not having to talk as much. Um, so, Matt, if people are looking for us on social media, how can they find us? You can find us at Facebook.com slash Muddied Waters of Freedom. You can find us on Instagram at Muddied Waters of Freedom. You can find us on Twitter at Muddied underscore Waters. You can find us on YouTube at YouTube.com slash Muddied Waters of Freedom. Or you can find this in every episode. Mud- muddied Waters Media. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. YouTube.com slash Muddy. Sorry, I really have to pee. Uh, YouTube.com slash Muddy Waters Media. Um, and you can find this in every episode at MuddiedWatersOfFreedom.com. Well, guys, thanks for joining us. Matt has to go to the bathroom. Really badly. And we'll see you here tomorrow night. Uh, uh, and where we're going. We don't need roads. Okay, go to the bathroom. <laughs>
Darling 